Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Our good friend Jonathan Van Hoogen is not in the studio today, but he has a mediocre replacement. Um, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton. That was generous. <laughs> from Middleton First Baptist. So we're glad you're here, mostly. Glad to be here, mostly. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about backsliding, um, and I'm probably going to need to repent after the show, um, in the Christian life. And of course, we've kind of made some distinctions between backsliding and daily stumblings, or what Paul would say in Romans 7, the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do. Backsliding is different from just those daily Stumblings. Can you? Can we just review that for our listeners? So all of us are going to have ongoing struggles with sin in this life just because in this life we will always have a sinful nature. And so even though we have been renewed and that we are becoming conformed greater and greater to the image of Jesus Christ, along the way we are going to continue to sin and need to repent and confess that and be renewed over and over again. Backsliding is where we stop repenting, that we've gone started down a path of disobedience and we continue on that path um, without returning. Really what we need is daily repentance. And I would say <laughs> that it's not just once a day, it's throughout the day we just need to be in a, a perpetual state of, of returning. And backsliding is when we stop that cycle um, of repentance. Yeah, yeah uh, backsliding does not need to be uh, some kind of heinous sin that we're in. Uh, as we've said before, it, it can just be indifference, indifference uh, to our Heavenly Father, indifference to the gospel. We, we may not even know that we're in sin. But indifference, um, um, a lack of love for our Heavenly Father who commanded us, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, love one another, and love one another as I, I, I have loved you. I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt no, you. Go ahead. To go back, you know, we talked a couple days ago about the causes of backsliding. And um, one thing that struck me and that I've experienced in my life is that sometimes what causes backsliding is something that's innocent, something like a change of season or, or a change of job, or you move yeah. somewhere and you have to find a new church or your schedule changes and you have to find a new way to uh, be in scripture and in prayer. And sometimes something as innocent as that, and we just don't keep Christ and right. the church and his word and prayer at the front of our priorities yeah. and the dust settles and those things are left out, and yeah. that can cause backsliding. Well, it can even be something so simple as 
you enter into like not just a whole season of life, a literal new season as sometimes summer can be hard. That for some of us, our routine changes enough that it moves us out of a positive routine Mm -hmm. of spiritual disciplines and we neglect some of those things because we have less structure in our life. Don't you backslide most when you're on vacation? Yes. (laughs) Me me too. I didn't expect you to say it so suddenly. Oh, no. Did no, I have the right answer? No, I agree. I actually think that's that's really insightful because yeah, you, we're such habitual creatures that uh, which habits mm-hmm. are great sometimes, and sometimes they can derail us. Okay, so we also talked about some examples uh, of backsliders in Scripture. Obviously, some of the obvious ones: the prodigal son, David. Galatians gives a picture of the legalist backslider, mm-hmm. Corinthians, kind of the libertine backslider. And then we started talking about what are some of the motivations to seek restoration. And I at least wanted to name one more, but, but go ahead. I, I did also want to add one, too, in the fact that I, I think it's just helpful to remember that backsliding is never never simply an individual issue or have an in, individual consequence. Yeah. We're we are corporate beings. Yeah, we are. And so our our backsliding at a minimum will affect the church. And if we're also involved in, in a family as parents, it will affect our children. Yeah. So we're not we're not simply individuals that are in a backslidden state. We we are people that are, are attached organically to a, a, the church and to our family. And our backsliding actually also affects them in a negative way. Well, think about all the examples that we gave of particular backsliders. So, mm-hmm. the prodigal son, who's 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 uh, who did his sin affect? His his father, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. Judaizers in Galatians, and even his brother, and, and even, even his, his brother, brother, yeah. uh, the Judaizers in uh, Galatia, who's uh, who who did their sin affect? Everybody in the church. Well, think about it. Peter affects Barnabas. Yeah. That even Barnabas is led astray by Peter's behavior. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it, there are these connections. Yeah. And I, I would add to that think about the people that have hurt you from their backsliding. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you had a youth leader when you were in high school and they did start doing their own thing and they were an example to you and that was hard to deal with. Or mm-hmm. maybe you looked up to a famous pastor who turned out that he was involved in something or, yeah. um, or just friends that you know they people fall away from the church or they they go into that kind of a season and it and it hurts yeah mm-hmm. so don't mm-hmm. believe the lie i mean perhaps that's where you're at right now don't believe the lie that my backsliding isn't hurting anybody that's that's simply not true right. mm-hmm. and the scripture gives lots of examples to the contrary well let's uh let's turn to luke 15 it's interesting that in this particular chapter uh, christ is being criticized for being a friend to the worst of men. <laughs> you know, what your enemies say about you is really important because uh, here we see that the Pharisees are, are grumbling against Christ. This man receives sinners and eats with them. I hope that my enemies say that about me, you know. Uh, so so Jesus starts to tell this parable. So he told them this parable. What, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. 
And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What can this passage tell us about backsliding? Well, I I think the primary thing that Jesus teaches in this parable is that he won't tolerate our backsliding. He will come looking for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might be, when he finds us, it might be kind of rough. Yeah. And uh, we might think that, well, and we might get a re- rebuke, uh, but it's going to be a loving rebuke. And he he will not tolerate our being lost. Mm. Uh, he's going to come looking for us. Mm. So good. It's also just amazing that, that, that it's not just the triune God that cares about our repentance. All of heaven, this is saying, yeah. rejoices over the yes. repentance um, of a sinner. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that interesting to just pause and think about? That your repentance can create joy in heaven. Right. Um, Unbelievable. So if you're in yeah. a position where you're you're you feel like you're away from the Lord, that you've wandered, maybe part of the motivation can can be just simply, you know, if I repent, I bring joy to heaven. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's amazing that that can be true. There's another scripture that hints at that. Um, in the book of Hebrews, mm. let us, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Mm. Run with perseverance yeah. because we're being watched by the saints in, in, in uh, I, I interpret that as we're being observed by the saints in heaven. And they're cheering us on. Yes. And uh, we can't hear them, um, not audibly. We can hear uh, them by faith. Yes. Yeah, that's a... Um, this passage, it's, I would just encourage, maybe a, a little bit of an aside. Do you see how many treasures that you can uh, mine from scriptures that perhaps you're very familiar with that you just read and stop and start pondering and asking questions about this text? Isn't it amazing to you, dear listener, that uh, heaven rejoices if you repent? What a, what a great motivation. So you have, a, you have your book open there, um, Pastor Russ, to Hosea. That's another passage where we have a motivation to um, come to repentance. Uh, wh- what's happening in there um, from a 30,000-foot view? So Hosea is a prophet that ends up marrying um, a woman called Gomer, and it's a picture of, of the, the church and their unfaithfulness. Gomer is unfaithful to the, to the prophet, and he is constantly seeking after his adulterous wife and bringing her back. And it's a picture of of the love of God for his his wayward church, his wayward bride. And the book ends with this plea, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words, it's repentance, and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all iniquity, accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls and vows of our lips. 
And then he says, Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you, the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. And you've got this picture of, of a God that does is angry towards sin. But the picture of Scripture is that same God is more quick to mercy and loves his people freely and is constantly seeking to draw the wayward sinner back to himself. So apply this to yourself. Uh, if, if you really are in Christ Jesus and you are in a state of backsliding right now, God is promising that he's going to uh, heal that sin. He's going to come after you, like like Phil said. Uh, he he does not take your 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 straying lightly. He will pursue you, uh, just like he pursued Israel. And I think it's important to just remember that in your backslidden um, state, God does not love you less. His love for you does not change because his love for you is founded in his in Jesus Christ. You may displease him in your sin, but it doesn't change his love for you. And so he's always going to welcome you back. He's always going to take you back Mm -hmm. and cleanse you and heal you and restore you. And the passage goes on to say that he will make you fruitful again and make make you um, receive all of the blessings in Christ. That's right. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 